if you're confident in your sexuality, you'll be confident around money, right? Money's the other one that people are a bit weird about. Even though everybody uses money, it makes the world go round. The same with sex, right? Abundance and pleasure are the exact same frequency. The only reason that people want abundance or they want money or they want abundant experiences like travel or, you know, to have nice things is because they want to experience pleasure. Abundance and pleasure are the same thing. So if you want to feel really abundant, which is like for a lot of people to feel confident, you know, and the aim of that, they want to feel abundant. They want to feel enough and whole inside of themselves, which is abundance. If you access your pleasure and you reclaim that for yourself, you heal the wounds in your abundance consciousness. And as you heal the wounds in your abundance consciousness, you feel more pleasure, you reclaim it. And I think this is especially important for women and feminine beings because our sexuality and our bodies have been taken from us for centuries. I'm Krati Mehra and this is Beyond the Goals podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle learn how to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy, and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness, because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. You were born for wild dreams, deep love, and sexy abundance. This is what today's guest, Amy Rushworth, truly believes in, and through her work, she's trying to help the world realize the same, tap into their power, and live an abundant life. Hello and welcome back to Beyond the Golds. I'm so glad to have you as a listener, and I hope you're enjoying the show. I also hope you're staying safe and taking care of your health and the health of your family members as well. Now, 2020 is about to end, and hopefully the coming year will bring with it a better time, better health and well-being for everyone, more learning, more prosperity, and travel, especially travel. But for now, let's get back to today's episode, which is a conversation with Amy Rushworth, who is a certified transformational life coach, integrative holistic health coach, and she's also training to become a sex, love, and relationships coach and a rebirthing breathwork practitioner. Amy is all about female empowerment, deep abundance, and healing. And I think she's so good at her job because of her own experience with depression and PTSD. She believes in healing that goes deep to the core of the issue, which is something we discussed during the episode. And Amy was kind enough to share a healing process for those dealing with dysfunction or limiting beliefs. We also talked about self-care when you're on your period and how our period can be like a guide into our emotional health. I loved that part of our conversation because it is a subject I have never explored before and there is just so much to learn in this area. But that's not it because we also discuss why it's so important to love your body and how you can find confidence through sexual pleasure. Another topic that has never been covered on this show, but it is an important one. Now, I hope you'll enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. And I also hope that once you're done with this interview, you will continue exploring these topics because being more informed in these areas will help you not just connect with your body, but also have a deeper access to your emotions and create experiences that allow you to show up as someone in full knowledge of their worth with a very clear idea of what they're capable of. And when you reach that point in your life, everything becomes possible. You know, the way you introduce yourself on Instagram, your profile, it's something else altogether. So I would love it if you would share a little bit about what you do and how you're helping people. 
Let's begin with that. Uh, I think for me, I'm super obsessed with deep transformations. So definitely in the industry that I'm in, there can be a lot of surface level quick fix promises and things like that. And I love helping people ever since I've been a little girl. I love you know, giving advice. I love holding space. I love listening to people. I love seeing people come out of a hard experience and being able to feel happy again and to feel powerful through that. And that's also my own experience of having different difficulties throughout my life and learning how to transmute that into strength and resilience and medicine for other people. So I love to facilitate that with my audience, with my clients and yeah, I love to go in deep with them. So I think that probably makes me unique in a way because I use different modalities and tools to do that. Now, your program's offerings, I've noticed, really highlight the importance of female sexuality. And I know that you've helped a lot of women gain confidence in themselves and build better self-worth, which is something I would love to explore with you. But can we start with what, according to you, is key to understanding people and connecting with them? So, I mean, there are so many different pieces, like human beings are so unique. And so every client I work with is so different, which is why I don't have this branding in my business that's like, I will help you do this one specific thing in this one specific way, because I think we all have a different journey and we all have different tools and practices and pathways that will resonate with us to feel more powerful, to feel more sexual or spiritual or sovereign or to make more money. Like even if you look at business, like the way that we create our businesses and we manifest our purpose, it's unique for everyone. So, uh, you know, I guess that's why I don't resonate with the broader industry where it's like, you know, this template approach where it's like, here are the six steps to six figures. Here are the six steps to being confident. You know, um, I think we all resonate with different things. And so what I really do at the core of my work is I help people to access what is their version of power look like? What is their version of pleasure look like? What does spirituality look like to you? Because I think you know, that's, that's the key to feeling powerful in your own skin is like figuring out, well, what does that mean for me? And how do I get there? So, uh, you know, I use all different tools for all different clients. Some of them, we do more of the very strange woo woo spiritual things. Um, you know, we'll be calling in spirit guides and all sorts of things happening. We, I do a lot of breath work with most of my clients across most of my programs because, I think it's one of the most powerful somatic tools that we have to get into the deep roots of things that you can't get into in talk therapy or in a conversation or coaching. Um, But at the core of everything, uh, my intention is always, how do I help this person to realize, to self-realize their power, whatever that looks like to them, not what I think it looks like, but how they really envision that for themselves. Brilliant. So You help people tap into their inner resources and access their own version of power, sexuality, and abundance. But in that journey, and this applies to all of us, of course, there are dysfunctional beliefs that get in the way. So do you explore those beliefs, ideas with your client before you start with the programs? 
before you start with your sessions? A hundred percent, because, you know, our beliefs influence our thoughts and emotions and our thoughts and emotions drive our decisions. And then our decisions manifest the reality that we experience, right? And often that process from beliefs to reality is that self-fulfilling cycle of like what I believe will continue to show up for me. Uh, So coming back into the deep roots of beliefs is super important. However, what I've found and what I've noticed and seen across my career, and this is why I've gone deeper into healing and somatic work, is that simply knowing our beliefs, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that we transform them. So information isn't transformation. The same way I can know that I need to drink more water and eat more vegetables and sleep more if I want to be healthy, but it doesn't mean that I do it just because I have the information, right? The transformation is in, uh, you know, healing the beliefs so that the actions shift and then the actions create a new belief system. They create and reinforce a new reality that you then believe in. So simply talking about our beliefs or using affirmations or speaking about the things that we've struggled with in the past, those things are great, but they're a top-down approach and they don't really permeate into the deepest levels of the belief. So the approach that I use is kind of a mixed approach. First, we do want the top-down approach. We want to have clarity. What's going on for you? Let's talk about that. What are the key negative automatic thoughts that you struggle with? What does your inner critic say? And shining a light and illuminating those very conscious parts of what you're struggling with right? But a lot of it is in the subconscious. And if we could access the subconscious really easily, right, then we would be done after that. But a lot of those subconscious beliefs are residing in your body. So what we do is we get in touch with your body after we've created clarity. So once we have this clarity of like, okay, one of the recurring thoughts you might have is that you're not good enough. And perhaps that shows up when you go to speak in front of people at work or Mm -hmm. you go on a date, for example. So what we would be getting in touch with then is like, okay, well, when that thought arises, how do you feel inside of your body in that moment? And there will be a physical sensation that's often there before you hear the thought, right? So some people might say, well, I feel this tightness in my chest or Mm -hmm. I feel this sinking feeling in my stomach. And what we do is we start to get into the sensation of that rather than the story of that because the thought is the narrative it's like oh I feel that way and therefore I'm not good enough but when we can actually get into the body and realize okay the deep roots of this are in this sensation how do I talk to this sensation how do I make this sensation feel safe and that's how we're going to transcend it because feelings are physical, right? They're physically in the body and then they sort of go up into the mind and you have the thought process. So we can work with the original point, you know, the origins being the sensations in the body and we can breathe through those sensations and we can heal and make those sensations feel safe. Often they go away over time or they become less intense so that then that's that tightness in your chest doesn't make you clam up, you know, and then you clam up and you can't talk and then it reinforces this feeling of oh, I'm not good enough when I'm in crowds or when I'm on a date. So this is why I use a lot of body awareness techniques in my work. We do a lot of rebirthing breath work in my work uh, and we do a lot of meditations where I'm talking to my clients, but they'll have their eyes closed and we're actually talking to the sensations in their body and we have a... Um, kind of like a meditative 
conversation when they're very relaxed, almost hypnotized. And then we notice when they talk about certain things, what are the sensations that show up in your body? And then we work with that piece. That's really interesting. And I've been exploring this idea for some time now. Um, The fact that your emotions and thoughts have a physical impact that can be felt in different areas of your body. Because till a few years ago, like a lot of people, I too believe that emotions and thoughts reside in our mind. And it's only through the mind that they can be overcome and transformed into something that that plays well with our goals. And the idea that you shared that you have to feel safe before you can really dive into self-exploration and deep healing. I, I found that fascinating because, for example, when we're about to step on, on a stage for a speech or we're going on a date with someone we find very attractive, we can feel the fear in our body. Our chest gets cold or there's a sinking feeling in our stomach. And it's often suggested by a psychologist that instead of accepting that as a fear response, tell yourself that you're excited, that what you're feeling is eagerness and happiness of doing this new uncomfortable thing. But I'm guessing that's not so easy to do. But if you combine that with something med- like meditation, something like breath work, which is supposed to relax your body, and then you take them on this journey of self-exploration where they're bringing up all of these difficult ideas and difficult narratives and then help them reframe them. I think, uh, is that how you do it? Because I think that would be very helpful and, you know, maybe tone down the challenge of the journey a little bit. Yeah. So if you're in a really regulated place, like, for example, I used to struggle with PTSD and now I know a lot of people say that you can't heal PTSD, but I believe that I have. And so had I been in the sort of rock bottom of that that time, if I then felt nervous and told myself to feel excited instead, that probably wouldn't have happened because I wasn't able to like self-regulate inside of my window of tolerance. But now after years and years of healing and overcoming a lot of different challenges and like creating a lot of success, I've built a lot of confidence. I've got a higher window or like a broader window of tolerance for myself. And so when I feel a little bit nervous and I start feeling a bit like hyper aroused in my body, it's it's easier for me to be like, Amy, it's excitement. You've got this, right? And to come back down into that excitement. But if you haven't developed that, you know, ability, that innate ability to regulate which is totally fine like no judgment if you're there right everybody has you know their journey it's not a simple matter of reframing their thought because the experience of not feeling safe is occurring in your body that's why your heart starts racing that's why you might go numb that's why you might feel these strange sensations in your stomach or your heart or even for some people in their hands so When that's happening, it's not just a matter of reframing it because you're probably still going to feel a little bit dysregulated and then you might be hard on yourself after because you're like, I'm doing the technique and it's still not working. So what I would say, and this is what I always say to my clients, especially the women who are in my monthly membership, we do a breathwork ceremony every month. And I tell you, it can be relaxing, but it can be very stimulating right? It can bring up a lot of emotions and a lot of strange sensations in the body. But what I say is the key here is giving your body this affirmation that it's safe, right? It's safe, it's safe, it's safe. The reason that it feels hyper aroused or hypo aroused where you are just disconnecting is because it feels unsafe. So 
Most of us don't feel safe feeling our emotions or feeling the fullness of our emotions because we've been conditioned not to, right? When you were angry, when you're a child, you were probably told not to do that. You might have been punished. You might have even been hit or smacked or, you know, for some people worse, traumatized. So what we need to do is we need to reparent ourselves when we have those emotions and say, it's okay that I'm feeling this. It's okay that I'm nervous when I speak in front of people. Of course I'm nervous. Of course my inner child is terrified. I've been taught to feel that way. Of course I feel that. And just to validate yourself, first of all. When you validate yourself, it instantly becomes a little bit easier because you're not resisting what's there, right? The resistance is just adding further resistance on top of it and guilt and shame and whatever else you tell yourself about your own emotions. So first of all, validate it. It's okay that I feel this way right now. Second, I like to give myself the word safety while I breathe. So say you're about to go on stage or go into a situation that you're really nervous about or that you feel really dysregulated towards. Giving yourself a lot of deep breaths, especially, you know, breathing out on that exhalation, which calms your nervous system and just saying in your head or even saying out loud, I am safe or safety. It's safe. I am safe. So, you know, sometimes I have to do this when I get up on really big stages in front of a couple of hundred people or more. And I don't typically get nervous, but every now and then, for some reason, my body might be having that reaction. And I just sit in the chair breathing and I just say, it's safe. It's safe to express myself. It's safe for me to be here. Everything is going to be okay. And giving myself that inner validation, that inner nurturing allows my body to calm down. And then when I calm down, I express from a more calm place. And then what happens is it creates a disconfirming experience of my fear. Now with trauma and with our deepest wounds, we need disconfirming experiences to show our body that it is safe. So this is where like taking little risks that feel like you can handle them, but they feel like a bit of a stretch for you is really great because you physically prove to your body, hey, I survived that. It wasn't that bad. I'm safe. Like, great. I can do this the same way that, you know, when you, for example, exercise, you go a tiny little bit further than what you thought you could or what you did last time. And then the next time you have more confidence or that time that you go on a date, your first date and you're super nervous and then it goes great. And you're like, okay, wow, I could do that again. So what we want to do is first to recap, validate our feelings, validate our emotions, reparent ourselves, giving ourselves safety, that word safety, letting yourself know while you breathe. And then third, stepping into an experience that can give you a disconfirming experience for your deepest fear or your deepest limiting belief. So you said we do something that confirms to us that that fear that has been plaguing us for so long is no longer valid. Like we normalize the fear, we validate our feelings, and then we create situations that can help us confirm to ourselves that we are getting better with this. We we convince ourselves that we're safe, even in this situation, which was previously threatening to our equilibrium, right? We do that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, but uh, do we do that by creating those exact same situations or we do that by establishing similar situations, giving ourselves uh, challenges that grow in intensity over time? Yeah, so so what I want to say here that I think is important is like this is not applicable if you're in an abusive situation, right? So it's not like go back to your abusive partner and create a disconfirming experience, but 
rather if you had a history of uh, abuse for example it might be like learning how to be vulnerable with safe people again right so learning how to share your truth with people who you have built safety in relationship with so it's not like go out and just talk to strangers and try and create this Um, you want to also be working on those inner resources to get to this place so this isn't a matter of take these steps that I just said and do them immediately it's like how do we build up to that so for example like the next time you feel uh, your limiting belief showing up that will sabotage you Uh, just try the first step. Try just giving yourself permission to feel those emotions and not to beat yourself up after. So if you feel uh, nervous, for example, when you're coming into a situation and you clam up and your throat clams up and you say the wrong thing, don't then go home and beat yourself up about it and Uh, overthink it you might not be able to help the overthinking and if so if you are like don't beat yourself up for that either but practice when you go home celebrating yourself maybe get your journal out and be like I you know I validate my emotions I felt this way and it's okay it's okay for me to feel this way I'm a human Um, and then maybe try some breathing after that and so this is kind of like a journey the same way that we don't go to the gym and just become a champion bodybuilder overnight we are slowly developing our inner resources so that we can handle more and more Um, and this is why I really love celebrating people for taking little steps all the time rather than like the these quantum leaps that can be great but our society kind of obsesses over in terms of like you know this person is an overnight success success six figures in six minutes like you know all of these things that are just not realistic for most people so figuring out like how can you just take a little step or expand your edges a little bit every single day like speak up one more time in the meeting at work uh take a slightly bolder chance in terms of uh, maybe investing in your self-care, you know, like if you're someone who struggles to invest in yourself, like get yourself a massage if that's within your resources and means and just slowly take these little healthy stretches that don't completely discombobulate you, right? We don't want to do that because that's going to reinforce the belief. But think about what feels like a healthy stretch for my goal today. You know, what would be something that I would be really proud of if I just gave it a go, no matter how it works out. Okay. So I know that anyone who uh, commits to your programs, your workshops will obviously have you guiding them through the journey. Now, the problem is a lot of people don't really don't really ever realize that there is something cluttered up inside them. There are stuck dysfunctional beliefs that are holding them back. Like I, I would tell my friend that, you know what, maybe you should consider therapy. And they would always tell me there's nothing to heal here. I'm fine because their life, when you look at it uh, like from a distance, it all looks just fine. They have a good job, a good married life, a good family life. Everything seems great. But there's always, you know, there, these little things like losing your temper without, you know, enough provocation, or you are not taking as much care of yourself as you should, or you think other people's health or your family's health is health is more important than your health. There has to be a reason why you would believe things like that. And so is there some exercise they can do? Is there some tool they can mm. use that can help them assess whether they have dysfunctional beliefs that may be influencing their actions in negative ways. Everybody does. Right. There's no test. We all do. Like 
we are all, uh, picture this, right? All babies are born and they don't really have many beliefs. They may have some ancestral beliefs, right? Or past lives, Mm -hmm. depending what you believe in, you know? But typically we think of newborn babies as being born very like clean slate, just pure and innocent and no beliefs. So you, of course, have beliefs. Why do human beings disagree on so many things, right? Because we've all got a different lens through which we view the world. We have different things that we view as significant that other people don't, and they have other values that they sort of put up on their own pedestal. So of course, we all have beliefs. And some of those beliefs, many of them come from wounding experiences. You know, let's look at people's beliefs around sexuality. Most people think sexuality is something that is taboo or shameful. Other people like me believe that divinity and spirituality is not separate from sexuality at all, right? If you, if you are born from, from sex and you are life source, like, are you not divine and is sexuality not divine? But some people would absolutely disagree with me and be very upset by me saying that. So Yes, our conditioning, of course, influences our beliefs. And if you have areas of your life that aren't satisfying or you think that, you know, your life's not very fulfilling or you've got a recurring pattern or a problem in relationships, maybe something that keeps showing up with money, all of these things, if you want to explore them, then you can. You know, if you don't, then you don't, right? We all have free free choice and sovereignty, but, you know, everybody has beliefs that shape how they react, who they are, because we're all human. Right. And that's a human experience. Right, right. That's, uh, that's well put. So another question that I had was, you said something about how, you know, even though you have done so many events, even now, sometimes when you are about to step in front of hundreds of people, you get nervous, and you get more nervous than you should considering the experience you have, but that's okay. Uh, do you think that there could be a connection between as and when that happens, maybe not in particularly in your case, I'm just talking in general, when that happens with us, when we find ourselves getting uh, too worked up about things that we already have experience with, could that have something to do with our physical health or how our day-to-day life is going? Maybe we're sleep, uh, we, we haven't had enough sleep. Do you think that's ever the case? Oh, uh, yes. I mean, the physical body is the vessel through which everything is being experienced, right? So, um, you know, I have different theories on why people are so disconnected emotionally, and I think it's because a lot of religious conditioning and world conditioning has told us to not honour our bodies, right? Especially women, we uh, have become reduced to the aesthetic of the body rather than the pleasure of the body, the physical and visceral experience of the body, Um, even, you know, our own sexuality, our own sexual organs, like all of those things. So if we disconnect from our physical body and we don't honour it as this foundation for which our entire life gets to exist, right, you don't exist if you don't have a body, then of course we're going to be disconnected from our emotions that live in the body, right? The emotions live in the body and then we think about them in our brain. So there is this correlation between our physical health and our spiritual and emotional health because as well, if you can think about it, like if your body is sick and your body is not in balance or even just think about the last time that you were really unwell when you you know, got the flu or something, you're not able to function 
emotionally in the same way. You're probably going to have like shorter conversations with people. You're probably going to have like less patience, maybe, maybe less energy, less vitality, less passion for the things that you want to do. You just want to rest, right? So if everybody is kind of like low key sick in a way, you know, because they're drinking water full of chemicals, they're eating processed foods, um, they're in cities that are full of pollution, Mm -hmm. they're on their screen all day and not having emotional and physical connections, especially this year, by the way, because we're supposed to hug and touch each other and that's obviously not happening. So if we're not in that beautiful balance of our body, none of the other stuff is going to thrive at its fullest capacity. And also vice versa, what a lot of people don't realize is that emotions get stored in the body and if they are stored there for a long time and you're holding on to these toxic emotions like resentment and bitterness and anger and any trauma that can metastasize and turn into illnesses so there's a huge correlation between different kinds of cancers and different kinds of autoimmune conditions and emotions in the body and i know so many people who have healed things that have been said to be incurable things through doing therapies and doing emotional healing on themselves, right? But you won't hear about that in the mainstream, right? Because somebody in a lab coat hasn't verified it in a study, right? It's beyond our our human mind and our human ego. But when you heal the physical body, your emotions thrive, but also when you do emotional healing, your body will also thrive. Um, and an example from my own life is that I used to get chronic UTIs, you know, water infections. They would spread to my kidneys. I ended up in hospital a few times. It can kill you, right, if it gets bad enough. And I would have them almost every second week for my whole life. I thought it was genetic because my mom used to get them as well. And when I did a lot of healing on my trauma and my PTSD, and I did a lot of body work as well, I've done a lot of different things over the years, I don't get these UTIs anymore. And what I found out was that the kidneys are linked to fear and UTIs are linked to the heart in Chinese medicine. So Uh, basically I felt very afraid. I was holding on to a lot of trauma and I didn't realize it, thought I was fine. But, you know, in hindsight, I wasn't fine. I was just drinking a lot of alcohol and partying a lot and not thinking about my life. And when I healed this part of myself, these UTIs that were supposedly there and something I had to live with and genetic never came back again. That's that story should make people think and everything you've shared so far I agree with all of it by the way and I think that the only thing is that a lot of the time when you're talking about the spiritual or even emotional well-being a lot of people rationalize it away like this you just shared your own experience with it how it healed you from something that was supposed to be a lifelong struggle except that if we were to put it forward to the skeptics of the world they'd probably find a way to rationalize it and and explain it away in a more scientific way Mm. but i i think that now that these days that all of this emotional self-care that we're recommending to people i think maybe just maybe it might take them down a path that they would have sort of shunned before as thinking not relevant to our health but is there something you would recommend to people like i we all believe in some tool or the other that can help take care of us like a lot of people believe that you have to have a routine like it's key to your uh, to you flourishing and being in good health. I believe journaling is very important and talk therapy I found to be very important. What according to you, like a self-care 
routine that you would recommend to people that could help them explore their own psyche and take better care of themselves what would you recommend i think journaling is great and it's accessible to people who have all different beliefs and uh, interests and psychology right it's pretty accessible to everyone it's get your journal out write out your thoughts right it's going to be amazing for anyone so i think that's great I'm not a strict routine person because I'm very in touch with my feminine energy and I feel the feminine energy is very cyclical. And so I sort of have like a big self-care toolkit that I tune in with my own body every day and go, okay, what's going to feel really good for where I'm at in my feminine cycle, how I feel in my energy today, how much I have going on. Um, But for any of the women listening who bleed, you know, who get a period, I would really recommend see if you can work with your menstrual cycle and learn about the powers of your menstrual cycle. I think that this is the most sacred, most transformational piece of work. Uh, Even just if you can, like not everyone's going to be able to do this, but if you have a more flexible working life, like you run your own business, like me, for example, I typically don't really do any proper work on the day that I bleed uh, because it's a day of rest. It's a day of retreat, going in the cocoon. I'll still do things maybe on social media, but they don't really take much energy. And I just let myself rest. Now, that is pretty wild for a lot of people to think I'm just going to take the day off because I got my period well yeah right it's a day for you to rest and to honor your body to honor the sacred thing that's occurring inside of you so I really recommend working with a menstrual cycle even if you don't have the capacity for example to take that day off if you could work from home that day that would be an amazing first step Or if you could just make sure that you don't put loads of very like hardcore things in your diary that day, if you have availability for that, try that. Or even just use an app to track your cycle so you can figure out, okay, I'm in this part of my cycle, I'm going to be feeling more insecure. So I'm going to make sure that I do lots of things that make me feel really good about myself instead of criticizing myself. Or I'm going to make sure that I invest all of my critical analytical focus into that draft that I need to edit for work or into that book that I'm writing or something that requires me to be a bit nitpicky. So I really recommend this for people and going into this kind of body of work. Um, And I've got quite a few different episodes on my podcast about working with a menstrual cycle if anyone wants to kind of dip their fingers in. So working with menstrual cycle, the one that the resource that you've created, that's about how to take care of yourself So your menstrual cycle, right? Yeah, there's two episodes specifically on the podcast about periods. And uh, we actually just released one uh, yesterday, on on Wednesday. And um, it's fantastic. We talk all about, you know, the different kinds of exercise, the different kinds of food, uh, the different things that you should do around different periods in the period cycle. But also there's a previous episode on the podcast. Um, it's in the first 10 episodes. I can't remember the number. And we talk about like the different seasons and how to work specifically with them, with your emotions and your energy. 
Okay, I think that would be really useful and you would have a lot of people looking into that because, you know, there's like this whole category of population that believes in paid leave for periods and that believes that you should be at home and your your body deserves to rest during this period. Mm -hmm. And I think I would share that link as well with uh, my audience because I'm sure people would want to explore that. But there are doctors even who believe that your periods say a lot about you and your emotional well-being. Yes, 100%. So... As you can imagine, when you're bleeding, you are going through this ritual cleanse of the body. You're letting go of toxins, but you're also letting go of emotions. So notice how a lot of women feel very angry when they menstruate, right? They feel snappier. A lot of women oppress their own anger, right? Men have a lot more social acceptance when it comes to being a bit more direct, a bit more assertive, sometimes angry. In fact, often they're celebrated for being like that. Whereas typically in most cultures and Western cultures, we are not celebrated for that. You'd be called a bitch. You'd be stigmatized. You'd be uh, judged by other women for being too much. So anger is a very valid and a very sacred, normal human emotion. And it will often tell you where your boundaries are, right? You get angry when someone's crossing a line that you want to enforce, but women repress this in themselves. And so the bleed, the veil becomes very thin between our shadow self, how we really feel deep within, the emotions we've rejected inside of ourselves, and we see that coming through. Or maybe you feel sad and you struggle to express some of your emotions throughout the month. So I always think my period teaches me so much about myself. And um, in this podcast that we just released on Wednesday, my friend Monica was sharing about how your period is your monthly report card. So it will show you like what's not in balance physically, emotionally, spiritually, and energetically. And so I know that if I have a painful period, that there's been something painful that I've been oppressing in myself. Or I know that if my period is a certain color or a certain heaviness, that perhaps my diet hasn't been the best or the most optimal for me that month, or I haven't done the things that my body really needs me to do. So it's really interesting. And I find it really fascinating. Uh, Instead of then just hating my period and going, I've got the shittest period, it goes everywhere. I feel angry. I just want to sleep. Like I just hate my life when I have my period instead of feeling like that, which I used to. Now I love getting my period. So I'm on my period right now, by the way, and I'm full of energy during this podcast. I'm on day three or four now, and I love my period now. And my period's not very painful at all because uh, every month I check in and I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm feeling a little bit angry that means I need to address my anger and have anger release rituals throughout my month, right? And I let myself do that. And I've taught myself over time how to be more assertive, to be more, you know, expressive of my anger and my boundaries. And then my periods level out again. So I think, you know, definitely if you, if there's someone listening who has a very painful period, if you have endometriosis, if you have PCOS, uh, if you have uh, really big blood clots, things like that, definitely listen to this episode because it will like, it will go into the dirtiest details of this that you won't hear anywhere else. And I think it's really inspiring work to do and to embrace. That's definitely worth exploring. I think that would be relevant to not just women, but men as well, I think, because I know a lot of men like to support their partners, their 
other family members, friends through this, I think that would be something to learn because that would be educational. Also, because I think a lot of men don't quite understand the gravity of the whole process. Like when you are on your period, the mood swings, it's, it's become somewhat of a running joke, right? We Anytime a woman gets angry, oh, she must be on her period, right? So I think yeah. that's something that we need to have more education around this so that it's not taken so lightly and some you know not it shouldn't be treated as a joke it is very very important to your well-being i think thank you for creating that i think that would really help people and yeah. uh, during this like uh, you said you're on your period right now how do you choose to take care of yourself during this time like is there anything that you do regardless of how you assess that particular period is this something you always do yeah, so I really love free bleeding. I feel like it actually makes your period a lot less painful. Now, the best way to do this so that you don't ruin all your clothing because all my wardrobe is white and cream. So like I, I feel you. Uh, so I use these amazing period knickers from Modi Body, but there's so many mm-hmm. brands now that you can get and they're really, really good. Now, if you have a very, very heavy bleed, you can mm-hmm. get the most absorbent pair and then you could also use something like a menstrual cup inside so that obviously if the menstrual cup leaks, it just goes on the absorbent underwear and you're all good. Uh, mm-hmm. However, um, I don't really like to use tampons so much anymore. And if I do use tampons, it's always organic. If I ever am out and have to borrow a non-organic tampon, I can immediately feel it. Uh, A lot of non-organic tampons, mainstream tampons are bleached. They have plastic in them. They have chemicals. And as you can imagine, like this is the most absorbent, sensitive, sacred part of your body. Like you wouldn't put, Windex up there. So, like, why would you put chemicals up there? Do you know what I mean? So, um, this is something that I do every cycle is like try and have Mm -hmm. a very like natural way of, um, you know, letting the blood flow out, letting it come out my body um, without obviously disrupting my life too much. And I always slow down during my period. So, um, I will, uh, I typically don't fill the calendar you know, too much during the week that I know I'm going to menstruate because I know I'm very regular and I am giving myself permission every month if I need to, to cancel things in the diary. So I'm very big on integrity. I'm not someone who's just going to cancel my meetings because I'm like feeling a little bit like low energy or something, you know, there's a, there's a balance between honoring your emotions and also like doing what you say you're going to do and like being an integrity for your clients. So But during my period, that is more of like a flexible, fluid time for me. So if I really need to cancel something, then I will. Um, But typically, I don't really feel my diary too intensely. I don't give myself a hard time for not exercising. If I do exercise, it's going to be really gentle Pilates or walking, no ab exercises, no high-intensity interval training, which I'm not really a fan of anyways. And I just let myself have really beautiful, nourishing food and just stay home a bit more, do some journaling and just let myself be introverted that week. I think that that would be helpful. And now I've had this question. So I've, uh, you know, from your website, I've, I've read like on your website, I read about orgasmic ascension. 
So that's something I wanted to know. What is that like, <laughs> for people who haven't yet explored your website? Yeah, so Orgasmic Ascension is the name of my monthly membership. This is a really cool community because a lot of people want to work with me, but they're maybe just getting started in their personal development journey or they're just starting to learn about their sensuality. They're just starting to do healing work. They're into crystals. Like they're just kind of dipping their toe in, but they're a bit intimidated. So this is a really awesome entry level to work with me because you're also entering into this community. It's a group community. We do monthly masterclasses on a different theme. We do monthly healing and breath work. You get meditations and rituals and you get a lot of instructions on like, here are the things that you can implement this month to evoke pleasure or to evoke abundance or your spirituality. We have guest experts that come in, you get discounts on different like hypnotherapies and uh, crystals and all sorts of things. So it's like this amazing hub of beautiful tools and learnings, teachings, value, if you just okay. want to kind of go on like a school of discovery, you know, a school of spiritual and sensual and soulful discovery. Um, so we okay. do a mix of stuff. Some of it's spiritual, some of it's sensual, some of it's inner child stuff, some of it's healing. It's really just a rainbow of experiences. And the reason that it's called Orgasmic Ascension, first of all, it's a very bold name. And as I've, sh I've shared, I'm about the bold work and the transformations. And I like to help women to step into their boldness. So I'm a stand and a symbol for that. And also because uh, ascension is about, you know, spiritually ascending, you know, growing in your spirituality, evolving your spiritual awareness of yourself. And sometimes I think that that can be a little bit serious and it can feel a little bit dark and a little bit heavy and a bit like almost sometimes a bit convoluted, you know, and that's why people are scared to look at their spiritual selves because they think, well, I don't use all those fancy words and I don't dress in mala beads in a kimono and, you know, they think, well, that's just not me. I don't want to like give up my personality. And so the reason it's orgasmic ascension is because this healing journey gets to feel really good. It can feel pleasurable. You don't have to change who you are. You don't have to start wearing, you know, <clears throat> weird clothes and talking like a monk and going on meditation retreats. Like if you want to, great. I'm into that shit too. But like you can just be exactly who you are and also evoke your spirituality and it can feel good. And I want you to create a life that really turns you on, that feels really good. So that's why it's called that. And we also do cover things like pleasure and sensuality because we do different things every month. I know that you believe that your body, your sexuality is very key to your self-worth and your self-confidence. So uh, do you ever like have dedicated resources to helping people explore that? Because I know when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to self-pleasure and all of those things, it can be a little difficult to work with those concepts because not everybody's open to that. Uh, so how do you uh, so how do you explain to people why sexuality and sensuality is so key to your self-confidence? Yeah, well, think about this. You know, we were talking about creating these disconfirming safe experiences. Sexuality, your pussy, even if I just say that word, notice how it feels in everybody's bodies, <laughs> like all in your in your genitals, your breasts, like your sexuality, it's something that is very taboo for a lot of people, even though a lot of people have sex every day or every week or every month, you know, and it's how we were all created. Most of us were created from a sexual act, right? 
So if that is the hardest thing to talk about or like the most kind of shameful or shadow thing, if you face it and reclaim it, you're going to be confident in every other area, right? If you're confident in your sexuality, you'll be confident around money, right? Money's the other one that people are a bit weird about. Even though everybody uses money, it makes the world go round. The same with sex, right? Abundance and pleasure are the exact same frequency, right? The only reason that people want abundance or they want money or they want abundant experiences like travel or, you know, to have nice things is because they want to experience pleasure. Mm -hmm. Abundance and pleasure are the same thing. So if you want to feel really abundant, which is like for a lot of people to feel confident, you know, and the aim of that, they want to feel abundant. They want to feel enough and whole inside of themselves, which is abundance. If you access your pleasure and you reclaim that for yourself, you heal the wounds in your abundance consciousness. And as you heal the wounds in your abundance consciousness, you feel more pleasure, you reclaim it. And I think this is especially important for women and feminine beings because our sexuality and our bodies have been taken from us for centuries. And it's true what you said initially during the first part of this episode about how we're not allowed to be as expressive as men are. That's something that I've experienced as something I've, I think most women experience. We are supposed to be shy and not so loud. That's something that we all hear throughout our life. So I think that would be helpful. And is it something like, I know you said that it is part of your community learning that this is also something that you make people explore. Or do you have like tools or do you take them on a journey or do you like, what is your tool of choice when it comes to helping people explore their sexuality? Yeah, so I use different physical tools and I've got a program coming up next year called Pleasure Empress that literally will teach you how to use these tools inside and on your body. Uh, so different things like pleasure pleasure ones, which uh, if you've never heard that term before, it's basically like a, a normal dildo or like a, it looks like a vibrator, but it's not mechanical, doesn't have, you know, any vibrations in it, uh, made of glass or made of different types of crystals that are safe to put inside of the vagina or even just to use externally on your body. Um, and the yoni egg as well. So the word yoni is the Sanskrit word for sacred space and it refers to the vagina and the womb space. And you can use these eggs like uh, my favorite is the jade egg and that's the one that's been used used for thousands of years and um, you put it up inside of you and you can do different things like most people know about it for doing kegels to strengthen the pelvic floor which is important uh, but you can also use it just to almost create a sacred ritual around that part of your body right so the same way like we would honor our body with a massage or a bath or we might put some beautiful jewelry on like this is just the same thing but for honoring this sacred space that is your vagina it's like where babies come from right it's this beautiful amazing place that is the source of life yes right women are amazing and so you put the yoni egg in there and you can do a Kegel exercise or you can just meditate and put your hands over your sort of sacral area below your navel and just send some loving energy and some loving thoughts to that part of your body okay. and really honor it. Um, because some, some of us, you know, some women don't even mm -hmm. want to put a finger inside of their vagina, you know, yes. and it's like, why are we afraid? Why are we afraid of our own bodies? 
you know, um, and, you know, I could go off on one about this and, you know, also how this has affected people's, you know, birthing experiences and things. But the Yoni egg is one of my favourite tools. You can even just put it in and dance with it in. Um, and it's just a really beautiful thing to do. Uh, and there's so many different tools and techniques that you can use. And I'll be teaching um, many of these in my group program next year in February. That's a group program. That sounds like something definitely that people should look into. I think for people who are not so open to sexual experimentation right away, I think maybe they can start by what you recommended, self-massage or uh, other uh, means of taking care of their body just by celebrating their body. Maybe they can start with that. Yeah, even... Um... Even like a really beautiful one is to do breast massage. So like most people would, you know, wash themselves in the shower every day with some body wash or maybe you use some moisturizer or some oil after the shower and just put on your favorite song. So it's like your favorite song is probably three minutes, right? So just do this for three minutes and just massage around your breasts. Like you can be doing this anyway to check your breasts, which you should be doing anyway, right? And just massage around the breast and just maybe close your eyes and just feel how it feels to like massage them in different motions. It's very good for your breasts anyway, just on a health level and a physical level. And what this is going to do is it's going to open your heart chakra. And when you open your heart chakra, you are actually naturally going to be opening your sacral chakra, which is where, you know, your sexual energy is. Um, for anyone who wants to be more creative, if you want to be more creative, work with the sacral chakra, right? Because that's where a lot of our creative energy is, is like down in our womb space or down in our sacral center. Uh, but you can access that through the breasts. And also you can even just do chanting, you know, the the word vam, like as a chant like vam, this opens that without touching, okay. right? So these are different ways that you can start to work with it if you feel a little bit, scared about you know going in the deep end of like you know the sexual practices and touching that part of your body so maybe start with the breasts or with the chanting wow that's interesting and I think we can use your website as a as a possible resource for all of this information right yeah totally totally and um, inside of the membership orgasmic ascension there's a lot of private meditations you can do like we have one a naked abundance one and you just do it after the shower and you just touch your body like you just you know not even in a sexual way but just like lightly touching your tummy and your thighs like the way that you would love probably a lover to do it but most people never do that to themselves right. and as you do that you hear these beautiful words about like calling in abundance and prosperity and all the things you desire. And so what that creates is it creates this beautiful uh, touch and this beautiful sensation that gets associated with things like money and abundance. And again, back to that thing of feeling safe and pleasurable about different things. This can be a way to actually recode your money mindset, which is really cool. Amazing. And it's, it's all connected. Right. And I would also lend my support to the claim like sexual freedom equals self-confidence and equals abundance. It, it opens you up to so many more possibilities because considering how the world treats, especially female sexuality, I think if you can claim your power so far as your sexuality is concerned in that area, I think that should be a game changer for everyone. And even if you don't talk about it freely with your friends or family or even your spouse, it's still, it could be this kick-ass secret you have. Yeah. It could be the source of all your confidence. 
I think that's something definitely worth exploring. And I think you can help people do that through your resources. So any other resources that you would recommend to the listeners? If you just watch my Instagram, I'll just be your permission slip. Basically, you know, you'll see me doing all sorts of things on my stories and people will say, you know, how does your husband feel about this? Or how do you have so much confidence to do that? And it's just that, you know, I'm not ashamed of my body anymore. You know, I, um, for people who are familiar with my story, they know like my trauma was sexual abuse when I was young. And so this is a reclamation for me. You know, this is me saying my body is my body. My body does not belong to the masculine. My body does not belong to men. And it isn't here for anybody else to judge or to like assign meaning to. It gets to be a vehicle for my expression, for my power, for my pleasure. And I refuse to subscribe to this narrative that the feminine body or even the naked body is a sexual, it doesn't even have to be a sexual thing, right? It is innocent. It is beautiful. It is amazing, right? And, um, you know, if you need a permission slip, sometimes you need to see other people doing things. You know, the way we get inspired by seeing people stepping into their power just come and follow my stories and I'll always probably be more bolder, more bold than you can imagine. And hopefully that might give you some confidence to start uh, figuring out your own expression of your own power. Yes, I, I believe that you are definitely a badass in that area. And uh, for anyone who feels the reluctance setting in listening to this, I think you can help them because I'm sure when you started exploring this area, as you said, there were issues you had in this area. But so you must have started with that same sense of reluctance, that same sense of fear. But look at you now. There is always a journey, but you have to start. And I think your Instagram account could be a, a an excellent place to start. I think that could really help people. I hope they connect with you. Thank you. Yeah. Any uh, like, is there any one tip you would give to people, people living their very busy life? any tip that could help them enhance uh, the quality of their life? I think the best thing that you can do is to figure out what is my true desire for this life. I think most people spend so much energy worrying about how to meet other people's expectations, meeting the demands of work, staying in jobs just to pay bills and to survive. Mm-hmm. And then you wake up one day and you're 85 years old and you have all of these regrets and all of these grievances. And I just think that life is so amazing and there's so much beauty in this world. No matter what the media and what everybody else focuses on, there is still so much magic in this world and abundance for you to enjoy. And it's up to you to be responsible for that. No one else is going to hand it to you. You know, no one else is going to save you and rescue you. You can create it, but you have to be clear on what it is that you want to create. And you have to give yourself the space and the grace to discover what that is. So yeah, make the space for yourself and figure out what you want and go for it. That was the amazing Amy Rushworth. If you want to explore the resources shared by our guest, just go to my website, redefinenarrative.com, search for the podcast episode, and there should be a list of resources and links for you to explore. Now, if you found today's episode useful, I'll appreciate it if you'll please rate and review the show on iTunes or share it on Instagram. It will help others find the information should they need it. 
Remember to tag me at mehra underscore krati so that I can thank you for your time. And if there is any particular topic or concern you would like for me to cover on the show, reach out to me on Insta or use the contact page on my blog. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week. Till then, please do take care of yourself.